Welcome to the Franchise Founders Podcast, where you'll hear right from the source how people like you have been able to buy and build their businesses across different industries all over the country. Dan Claps is the co-founder of Career Transition Leads, Nurture Assist, and Find a Business Online. Christian Dadalak is a franchise consultant with Find a Business Online, and he heads up business development for Career Transition Leads and Nurture Assist. He also runs an independent franchise consulting business, The Franchise Guys. Together, they formed relationships with hundreds of successful business owners who are excited to share their stories with you. Now, here are your hosts, Dan and Christian. What's going on, everybody? Thanks for tuning in to the Franchise Founders Podcast. How are you, Christian? Doing well today, man. How are you doing? Welcome, everyone. Doing, doing pretty well. Christian and I have just spent some time watching our previous episodes and trying to learn and make them better. Uh, this is pretty new for us, right? This podcast thing. No doubt. Podcasting is not natural. And it's definitely not fun listening to myself, seeing the way that I, I react on camera. It's kind of awkward, but but it's fun. It's a great learning experience. And uh, I think we're getting better. I think we're improving. And But I'll let the audience be the judge. Got to start somewhere, I guess. Totally. <laughs> yeah, well, can't be Joe Rogan overnight. Exactly. Well, this is an exciting episode and topic that we we're going to be talking about. I was recently at the IFA and had the opportunity to facilitate at a roundtable, basically because there was an availability that someone wasn't able to do it. So I was, you know, the next pick. Um, Moving on up. You know, they reluctantly put me as the facilitator, but the topic of it was improving and, you know, increasing your franchise development conversion rate. Big topic. Everyone in franchising knows you're spending a good amount of money on lead gen, whether it's through the front end or through consultants and getting the highest conversion possible is, is a big goal for every development manager. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's funny because I remember you telling me uh, when you were leading that session, I think that you asked many of the franchisors in the room what their what their numbers were and a lot of them didn't even know what their conversion numbers were and you can't like you mentioned at the uh at the ifa you can't improve upon something if you don't know what the baseline is you know you can't improve by 10 percent or 100 percent or 50 percent if you don't know what that starting number is you have to know what you're measuring so i think that that's critical and it's it's, it's so important to know that number and uh that's step number one it sounds like yeah, I mean, we, we basically went around the room saying, do we know our conversion percentage, what it is? And no one, including us, you know, didn't know it as well as we could. And so the conversation was, well, we can't improve what we don't know, right? And, and we can't manage what isn't measured. So one of the starting points of the conversation was talking about reporting and the use of a CRM and setting up the reporting and what KPIs to track. What KPIs um, are you typically tracking in, in your business as a franchise consultant? I always want to know, well, first and foremost, I always like to think in terms of cost per deal like or cost per close. How many leads do I need to buy? How much money do I need to invest into leads and marketing to get a new franchisee to get a new client? And so I know what that number is uh, for me, but I'm also trying to figure out and reverse engineer it from there how much does it cost me to get a true candidate? And I define a candidate as somebody that is actively engaging with me. They're currently speaking with, with franchises. They're learning about brands. They're doing their homework. They're engaged. They're qualified. 
They have the right skills, background. They have the right financial wherewithal. So financially, they're qualified. That's a candidate. Um, so cost per deal, cost per candidate. And then it's also good to get a sense of, I think, uh, a cost per contact as well. You know, so those are all numbers I track. How many, how many leads do I need to dial? How much money do I need to invest to get to a conversation? How many conversations do I need to have to get to a bona fide candidate? And then how many candidates do I need to have in order to ultimately get to a deal? And what are those conversion rates in between each and every different step and process? So for me as a consultant, that's what I like to look at. Yeah, it's interesting, right? Because you, you think of like on the consultant side of lead generation, if the average acquisition cost is, let's say, um, $5,000 know, of, of cost per acquisition, you know, that 5,000 could come in the first batch or the second batch. And you could have two placements in the 10,000 you spend on the latter half of the second 5,000 or two in one placement. It's all about an average. And so if you're not benchmarking more KPIs than just cost per lead and cost per deal, you're not going to be able to see your aggregate uh, leading indicators of where you're heading. If I invested $5,000 into a lead program and had leading indicators such as, you know, this many people are working in my process, this many people are referred to brands, this many people are submitted application, those are benchmarks that you can use as leading indicators to know where in a vacuum your next $5,000 will, you know, fall into. Absolutely. And I also think it helps you just to not tear your hair out and go crazy. And it's absolutely insane because it's leads and generating a good quality lead and candidate, someone that's interested in learning about either your brand, uh, someone that wants to become a franchisee or exploring a franchisee. I mean, it's not cheap, right? So it's easy to look at any one individual lead and think, man, I just spent $37 on that lead or whatever it is. And think, you know, that person didn't answer the call. That person said they're no longer interested, which all happens with any lead generation program. But I think you can drive yourself crazy if you focus on just that one lead rather than the aggregate, you know, focus on the volume, focus on the total amount of leads that you're purchasing and, and think in terms of the aggregate, how many leads do I need to get to a deal? And don't focus on any one individual lead. Just know that if I spend the total amount that I need to spend, or I guess invest, I like to call it investing, because that's what it is, invest the amount I need to invest to get to that deal, then, then nothing else really matters as long as that average holds true over time. And yeah, sometimes you might get a couple of more deals in one batch of leads you buy. Uh, maybe you get fewer in another batch you buy, but ultimately if it averages out and you have to track that average because then what gets tracked, what's get measured, what's get, what gets managed gets improved. And you have to know what that, that starting number is before you can improve it. And, and that's also how you can forecast as well. How much money do I need to invest this year to get to 24 new placements or 30 new placements, whatever the goal is, I need to know what, what, what investment I need to make to hit those goals. And you don't know that if you don't know what your, what it costs you initially to get to a deal, you know, you have to track that first. Absolutely. You see it, you know, a lot of times with, you know, brands we work with, I know at with career transition leads, our other company, we had a consultant that had invested about $2,000 in leads and uh, about 56 leads they purchased. And out of those 56 leads they purchased with us, they made two multi-unit placements. So two different candidates bought multi-territories. Uh, Obviously the ROI was, it was significant. And we were talking through, 
you know, these numbers, you know, maybe though that was a, that's an average, right? Maybe the next one will be 5,000 to the next deal. But if you look at the aggregate, you want to continue going down that path because the numbers work. So I think a lot of times what we see is people that have numbers that are working on their lead gen, they still stray. They still think, you know, there's another silver bullet. There's this magic way to do lead generation. And I think as we see with everything that's going on with social media and how we've had to pivot to make our leads work best and be at, you know, an affordable price for our clients, you never want to have your eggs in one basket, but you also shouldn't really stray from the process that's working. The numbers are, you know, working and the KPIs are working. I think something that consultants need to recognize and franchisors need to recognize and really in any business, there's no such thing as acquiring a customer for free, acquiring a new franchisee for free. Your cost per deal is never going to be zero. You might be able to reduce it a certain amount, but there's always going to be some kind of cost. And there's nothing wrong with trying to improve that cost and drive that cost down. But you need to accept that there's going to be a cost there. And if you have a strategy that's working for you, double down on that. I think that people that aren't as successful they're not successful because they keep pivoting from strategy to strategy and they don't really stick with any one thing to really see it through and to actually get some success and build some traction with it. And they, and then they wonder why it's not really panning out. So I, I think that you definitely, your, your cost per deal is never going to be zero. And that's just, there's certain realities you have to come with. If you're for, if you're Verizon or Apple, you know that you have to spend a ton of money in marketing, whether it's billboards, commercials, radio ads, Super Bowl, whatever it is, all the different types of marketing you can do and all the different channels you can market through, all of those companies know it costs them money to get to a customer. And they also know exactly what that number is to acquire that customer, but it's never going to be zero. And so you need to know what that number is and find a strategy that works and then just scale it, provided that that strategy is scalable. I see... I've been in the, you know, guilty of this myself. I was spending money, or we were spending money in our find a business online consulting side of our business on portal leads and spent nearly $40,000 and had a $200,000 in commissions come in and still turn those leads off. Silly, right? The, the ROI was there. There's really no reason not to repeat that consistency. So I've been in that position as well. And then there's been, you know, time where, you know, we figured out through our KPIs, we utilize a CRM that pulls the data into an actual reporting tool. A lot of people don't realize this, but a CRM is, you know, a suite of products. You've got email marketing, you've got reporting, you've got sales tracking, and you've got all these other features kind of put together into one package, but they're not necessarily the best of each of those capacities, right? It's just kind of put them together into a suite of products. So we utilize a different service, and there's a lot of them out there. There's Tableau, there's Power BI by Microsoft, which is a data warehouse and reporting tool. What we do is we pull that data out of the CRM in live daily into a reporting tool that essentially analyzes that data and gives us better metrics and KPIs. We're tracking amount of leads we get per day, uh, how many leads turn into appointments, percentage of appointments that show up, percentage of appointments that move to the next stage, time leads stay in each deal stage, percentage of leads that go through each of the stages and then broken up by the sales reps where you can see conversion of X rep versus Y rep is higher and then try to dissect Y. We have this down to the understanding of our cost per deal, our number of leads to a placement, our time frame. our time frame is 101 days, right? From the day a lead comes in 
the day that it closes and having all of that going back to the topic of this conversation how do you improve your franchise you know conversion rate you start by knowing the numbers pull them out of your serum put them into a reporting tool there's companies that do it by the way i was just at the ifa and was talking with christian from transitive they're exactly that they're a tool that creates reporting for clients because it's not easy everything i just said someone way smarter than me figured out how to put all that reporting together the platforms are just tools that you have to know how to use but companies like transitive put all that together and you know you can use them to get those kpis and then you can start really zeroing in on the leads you're working that's awesome so you're not doing it all manually No, I was lucky. I have a really, one of my best friends works at, at Google and his job is literally analytics and big data. And then he has a, um, he has a company that does analytics and big data uh, management and creating reports. So he, he created all these reports and we had very little visibility until we did that. We thought we had KPIs tracked well, but the reality is um, we weren't. We were tracking too many things, too many of the wrong things. And when we went through the exercise, we learned that there's really only five KPIs that we needed, those leading indicators, which I can go through them, but it was really just five. And anything more, you get confused by all the data. Absolutely. I like to keep it simple. I think keeping it simple is the best way to do it. What are those three to five main KPIs, key performance indicators that drive the business forward? You don't need to know. I think it's good to know some of the more minute details if, if you'd like, but really what are the main things that, that drive performance and ultimately affect the business that if you just focus on those five things and improving those numbers and driving those numbers, those are the things that ultimately will make, will make a big difference in the long run. And you don't need to focus on all the subtle nuances because as long as you focus on that core group of KPIs, you can, you can move the business forward. And I think I'm going to butcher the quote. But I think it's Mr. Wonderful from Shark Tank who says, you know, if you don't know your numbers, you don't know your business or you don't yeah. even really have a business. We don't know your numbers and or you're not going to be in business that long because, you know, you have to you have to know these are these are very basic things. And so how do you measure the health of your business if you don't know what the numbers are? And, and the numbers go so far beyond just revenue numbers and and the like. So I think it's I think what you're saying is absolutely spot on. Well, if you think, yeah, absolutely. If you think of like you know, find a business online with our consultants. We know the exact number of first appointments consultants have to have to get to the KPIs of how many referrals they do per week, which is their goal, what they're accountable to. Everyone in the organization needs to have a number that they're accountable to, an obtainable number that's broken up by year, by month, by week, and by day. And so consultants in that team know when they finish their day, did I hit my KPI? for the day, my number that I'm accountable for the day. And if not, I'm going to have to try to make that up tomorrow because the average needs to work out for the week and then for the month and then for the year. And so we track as a, as a company, we're looking at the amount of leads that came in for the day because we know how many leads it takes to do a placement and we can extrapolate that information and say, all right, four months from now, which is our 101 days from now, this is where we want to be. This is what we need to do as a leading indicator to get to there. So we're looking at number one, the um, number one, the amount of leads for the day. Number two, the amount of those leads that converted to appointments. Number three, the number of those 
that converted to appointments that showed up. I don't remember appointments that showed up. Number four, that moved on to uh, look at brands. We call it hard referrals, right? So the amount of hard referrals for the week and for the day broken up by individual and as a system. And then finally, the amount of candidates going to a discovery day, which is the step where they know that they're pretty likely to purchase. They like the brand. And so we have these five KPIs. We could figure out based on the month, if we did X number of hard referrals and Y number of discovery days, well, the hard referrals tells us where we're going to be in four months, right? Or hundred days, excuse me. And it used to be four months, hundred days now. And the heart, the discovery days, because we know the percentage of how many of those move forward. We know next month where we're going to be from a placement, you know, number of, of territories placed. Uh, so, you know, people always say to me that, you know, these types of businesses, these sales organizations or these franchise, uh, you know, non-recurring revenue, they're not predictable like recurring revenue is, but you can get some idea on where you'll be in one month or four months or one year based on leading indicators. Exactly. And that way, you know, which levers to pull at different times to drive things in the right direction. Right. You were saying focus. I mean, if you're focused on those five KPIs, then you're going into the nuances of wherever you're broken, right? So I've seen it. If we find that there's a time where someone's stuck in stages and not moving forward, whether it's they're not moving forward or they're, they're, they're stuck there for a longer period of time. Well, now we know we can dial in and figure out what's going on there. Uh, Ryan Zink from Fasting Caragilly, they, they call them graveyards, right? <laughs> so you've got leads that die and there's an area in the process that's the graveyard where they all get stuck. So you focus in and figure out what's going wrong. Exactly. See exactly where in the process, most of your clients are dropping off in the process. I think that that's, that's the great way to do it because then you know which area to improve. Why is that happening? And then you can make minor tweaks to fix that essentially. So makes sense. So did you, did you want to talk at all about the, some of the industry stats these days for conversion rates and uh, cost per deal for the franchisors and, and what that's looking like these days? I know that when you, uh, when you were at the IFA, you texted me some stats that blew my mind. I mean, I, I had a general idea of what the stats have been in the past, but moving forward, what they are, pretty mind-blowing stuff. So if you want to go ahead and share some of those, that'd be, that'd be fantastic. I think the audience would get a lot out of it. Yeah, it was very interesting to go to the IFA, Nurture Assistance, a company. We're spending a lot of time and energy on research and development to continue to make our social media lead generation, which we feel is the strongest in the industry. Because as you say, Christian, we're franchise guys focused on lead gen, not lead gen guys trying to do franchise uh, exactly. marketing, right? We're, we live and breathe franchise development and lead generation. We happen to be experts at that through social media. So hey, going there, spending the time, going to that conference, and I'm really excited about the conference I'm going to lead generation in a couple of weeks. That's also going to be talking about these kind of stats. But anyway, the, the aggregate data that I learned at the IFA based on a panel discussion was that the average franchisor, okay, if you're under 100 units, sit down for this. Um, the average franchisor under 100 units will invest anywhere from 15 to $25,000 on lead generation marketing efforts, whether that's trade shows, social media, nurture assist leads, portal leads, 
networking, whatever. The aggregate spend to get an acquisition of a franchisee is 15 to 25,000. When you're past 100 units and you've got that validation and that growth, that's different. But when you have under 100, the average is 15 to 25,000. Now, of course, that's equating the brand that has under 10 is going to be a higher acquisition cost than maybe one with 70. But when you look at the aggregate, and what I found that was really interesting from this study that this company did was that when people are looking at the closing rates and the dollars spent, they're adding in the referrals and the franchisee that comes to your restaurant and sees your food and buys or eats your food and buys the brand. Those are great. They're going to happen naturally. They're going to happen organically. And there's going to be a flywheel happening as there's more franchisees in your system and more customers in your locations or utilizing your service in their home, right? But that can't be forced. You can't force referrals to happen or customers eating your food and, and buying your, your product, your franchise system. And so you got to look at the metrics of just lead gen efforts. And this is why brokers are such a, a lucrative opportunity, you know, through IFPG, because you can pay that 25,000 average, except you get to also pay it on the back end. But when you look at if you want to control getting more lead flow through social media or portal leads, you're going to be at that fifteen dollars to $25,000 figure. Absolutely. It's, that's a stunning number. And I think, I think that it would be, that's a good number for people that are thinking about franchising their business. Just understand that it does cost money. You need to spend money. You need to invest money to find those initial franchisees. Now, a lot of people in the beginning that you're bootstrapping, so you get friends and family. But something that you talk about, Dan, that I think is very, very interesting and a great way to, to look at it is, yeah, the, the 15,000 to 25,000, if you're under 100 units, that, that sounds like a, a big number. And that's because it is. I mean, it's a lot of money. It's not, that's not a cheap amount of money. But if you look at the lifetime value of your average franchisee over a 10-year franchise agreement, that's a lot of money, you know? And of course, it depends on you know, your, your brand and how well they're performing and all of that, but there's some good lifetime value there and it's recurring. And so you, you have to be, and I, I, I use this phrase all the time, but you, you have to be a, you can't be a penny wise, but a dollar foolish. And you can't step all over uh, dollars to get to dimes. And you have to make sure that you're, you're spending and investing that money. Yeah. You, you make some money back in referral fees and all that on the, or on the franchise fee rather, but ultimately the lifetime value of, of that franchisee, that's what you're really after. And so you have to look at that initial money as an investment and you just have to come to terms with that. That's what the cost is. And so if you, if you're averaging a $10,000 cost per deal, that's not bad. That's really good. And if you can even push it down further than that, like some of our clients have done a nurture assist, then, then you're having a great time. Yeah. Right. It's an average, right? So yeah. Some brands are going to have a better nurturing process and a cheaper investment or a better, a, a better offering, right? Depends on the offering your franchise, you know, the quality of the franchise offering to the franchise candidates, the competitive landscape, the leads you're getting, where they're coming from, the sales process you have, meaning the nurturing system, you're calling right away, you're texting, you're emailing, you're dripping, you're remarketing. It's a lot of ingredients to that recipe of having a successful franchise development process, most importantly, the person in, in the between calling them and working the candidate. Do you have a defined franchise sales process, right? Groups like Repum Group and other franchise sales organizations, they have defined processes. Work with them. 
you can. If not, design design something yourself. Um, you know, you need to have a specific process. All these ingredients create the recipe of the average is working. I mean, we had a client invest ten thousand with us, close the deal, and I believe they're closing another one in end of March, more in the pipeline. But when I think of them, I think about they text right away, they email right away, they call right away, they ask big open-ended questions. That's a, another big one we found on the, the call, or excuse me, in the, the panel. A lot of brands, when they get leads, they're calling the leads and saying, um, you've inquired on XYZ brand. I'm reaching out to ensure you're fit to move forward and talk about this brand. We need to confirm you have X number of dollars and Y number of, uh, you know, this and that. And, and interest is now you have to be ready to buy the franchise right now, even though you inquired on it. And by the way, in six weeks, if you don't answer my emails, I'm going to write you another email that says, Christian, sorry, you're not interested in buying right now. So you're not a fit for us. Even though I just inquired on the internet about it. I mean, just think about if you went to go buy a car or a home and they said, well, if you're not ready to buy now, you can't, not only can you not buy this house, but you can't buy it ever. You're, the opportunity is lost. Don't call me again. Like, it's just not realistic. It's short-sighted. What's that? It's short-sighted. Yeah. They say that by 2025, I believe the stat is, the majority of the franchise buyers will have made their decision of what they're going to buy 70% of the way before they ever talk to your franchise development manager. So wow. they'll have said, honey, I want to learn about franchises. I think we should look into it. Go on the internet, do a search, read about franchises, narrow it down without talking to anyone. Go on the website of the brands that they're interested in, watch videos and content and marketing and Instagram, connect with them. And if you're the brand that's not doing that stuff, by the way, you're going to fall behind, but they're going to make as much as 70% of the decision that they're interested in two brands, three brands, whatever it is, before they pick up the phone or fill out that form. And so think about how important it is to create an online nurturing process. Absolutely. And I, I've talked to people that have uh, potential clients that are interested in working with nurture assist. And I let them know that, look, Obviously, our leads are fantastic. They're wonderful. And still, that's only a piece of the equation. That's just the front end. That's the top of the funnel. You have to nurture them from the top of the funnel all the way down and get the deal across the finish line. And that is up to you as the franchisor and your franchise development team. And sometimes I've talked to prospective clients that they, well, they say things like, look, the type of person that I that I want for my brand. I don't really think that I really need to chase that type of person. They would just be interested because they have the money. They're serious people. They know how to make decisions. And there's an element of truth to that. But at the same time, you, you know, your brand is awesome. You know, your brand is special. You know, your brand is going to be the next big thing in franchising, but nobody else knows that. Yeah. You know, so you need to have a, a dialed in franchise development process because you have to think about all of the noise that we're all constantly bombarded with. It's not, you're not just competing against other franchises. You're competing against other types of business opportunities, other products that they're trying to sell and market to on Facebook, Instagram, cars, laptops, all these different things that are, that are constantly bombarding all of us. So 
you have to cut through that noise. And the way you do that is by following up. That's why we say it's a cliche, but it's a cliche because it's true. The fortune is in the follow-up. And so you do need to have those processes in place. If you can automate, automate it, whether it's texting, emailing, and have a, a process you do the same way every time in the same way that the reason your franchise is likely successful because you have a system and you do it the same way every time. It's repeatable, it's duplicatable, it's scalable. You need to do the same thing with your franchise development process. So yes, you have to have really high quality leads like we do at Nurture Assist, shameless plug, <laughs> but, <laughs> but you also need to have a franchise development process and don't kid yourself. It, it does take work, it does take follow-up and it does take an, an, an investment. You're not gonna work 10 leads and get a deal. And I think the sooner a lot of franchisors come to terms with the reality of that, the more successful they'll be, they'll be and the more fun they're going to have as they, as they build their franchise and find new franchisees. Yeah, it's just equating what you said with the franchise and your business and then going out and selling. I think back to a friend of mine that got out of law school and he wanted to start his own law practice and uh, right away, which you know was typically it's a little early, right? Because you typically have more background, but went out and did some work in a law firm and then felt ready to go out and start his own practice. And he got an office and he put the sign up and I went to visit him. And I said, what do you, what are you doing to market? And he's sitting back. He's like, I just hung the sign. You know, what do you mean? People are just going to call. And I'm you know, exaggerating, but you have to, just when you became a lawyer, now you got to get your name out there, right? You got to get people to want to buy your product, your service in that scenario. As a franchisor, you might have the most incredible brand, the next orange theory or massage envy, but you got to get the candidates to know it. And just having them inquire is not going to do it. You got to tell your story through text and email and marketing and Instagram and content. It's, you know, it's a recipe that has lots of ingredients. I'm not saying it's easy. You need to mix in all those ingredients though perfectly to get that recipe to work. Um, one of the other things that came up in the round table that I thought was interesting was we were talking about this idea that candidates don't always buy in the first four months, some buy six months or two years later. And when you set up the right nurturing process and funnel, we talked about what you can do with CRM. One of the most exciting things I think right now that CRMs can do is when you've got your website, and you get a little granular, but you put pixel, you have your pixel on your website, and you tie it to your CRM. You can track when someone in your CRM is opening emails, clicking links, going to your website, how many times they went to your website. Really, all of the interactions that are happening can be seen behind the scenes. You can then score those leads on a weighted system. They went to the website, it's X points. They went to the open the email, it's Y points. If they click something, it's you know, X, you know, this many points. If they watch the video for an entire hour, like a webinar, you know, they should you know, be the highest points. Anyway, what you could set up with a system is the ability to set up tasks that trigger when a candidate is performing certain behaviors. So I'll give you an example. A lead comes in the system today. They don't answer the phone. They read an email. They never answer the phone and you only call three times because that's what a lot of brands unfortunately do. They call three times and that's it. You're now sending them emails and tech, uh, you're sending them emails every month, okay? Six months from now, that candidate's job changes. The boss that got hired in the role above him is terrible. 
and hate, they hate each other, or they lost their job, or they come into an inheritance. Their life changes. People's life change every six year, couple of years. What can happen in the CRMs now is say in six months, that lead went, got an email from you, clicked the link, went to the website. You can have any of those behaviors trigger a task that you or your team can call that lead right then and there. And they'll feel like, wow, this is pretty serendipitous that I just read your email yesterday after six months ago I inquired and you're calling me. What are the chances? It must be, you know, uh, you know, fate. Um, and in some ways it is, but they don't particularly realize that you have this tracking. I know that sounds creepy. This is how marketing in 2022 is. And you can tell them to, I have, you know, you can laugh about it. We have a way I saw you were on our website and they probably won't be bothered by it, but at least now you've got a relationship based on their behavior, them raising their hand and saying, Hey, I may want to learn more about this. And them saying now, now is the time and I'm interested and you can track all of those different things. And I think on later episodes, we can invite some, some guests on or something like that, where we can talk about some of those different tools for tracking CRM systems, whatever, because having all of that is, it's important. It's critical. And I, I understand for, for many of the more established Zors, franchisors, they hear this, I'm sure, and think, yeah, I mean, th that's obvious. You got to have all that stuff. But I'm sure a lot of emerging brands, they think they hear everything you just said, Dan, and they're like, well, that's so much. It's kind of overwhelming. Where do I start? So if you were, if you were to give some good advice to an emerging brand that they're really looking to ramp up their franchise development. Maybe they have a, a handful of franchisees, mostly friends and family, but now they're looking to really scale it up, uh, get some, some great new franchisees in the system and ramp up their fran franchise development. What would, what would be your advice to them on some of the first like one, two or three things that they should get set up in order to be successful? Yeah. So your franchise, are you ready to sell? First step would be get a CRM system. Pretty basic, but put time into finding the right one. There's a lot of great CRMs. There's the IFPG franchise sales CRM. There's HubSpot. There's Fran Connect, Client Tether, Franchise Soft. I mean, there's a lot of fantastic vendors. Find the one that's best for you and your organization. And what, what, is, a, what is a CRM for those of us that, that don't know? Client Relationship Manager. When you call up Verizon, when you're, something's wrong with your bill, with all of their billions of customers, you call them and the rep knows your name, where you live, how much you pay, all of the information, right? And they can have a one-to-one -one conversation with you as a client. They're using a CRM, Client Relationship Manager, at that scale and magnitude, as well as the brand with one franchisee. It's the ability to manage relationships with your clients and potential clients. And so you pick a CRM, and then I would geek out on that CRM. I'd spend time, spend time with the rep. There's a lot of great support people in these companies set up email marketing right away before you get busy selling franchises. Do it first. Spend the time. Spend a Saturday morning if you have to. Make time to make emails and content, videos. Everything should be really well done. You can create a walkthrough, which is a great thing on your website, which is multiple videos that take people through the steps. Create some um, frequently asked questions and obstacles that people, rebuttals that they may have. So basically, I would get a CRM, spend time learning about the CRM, create marketing materials in the email component, and then set up texts that go out, whether it's through our texting platform or another CRM that texts, you want to have texts that go out. And then I would do two more things. So, you know, 
there's a few, a little more than maybe a few things, but I would set up my process to find your process and stick to it. You'll tweak it as you learn, but you really should have a defined franchise sales process. Define it, write it down, train on it. And then finally, and really not finally, but in this stage before starting leads, I'd identify who your ideal buyer persona is. And that's who your dream franchisee is. You know, maybe it's finance Fred. Okay. Someone that worked on wall street, he's in his early fifties. He's ready to do something else. He's accumulated a lot of money. He's a driver and him and his family want to own a franchise. Maybe it's passionate Paula, right? Which is a school teacher who's done well. Uh, her husband uh, are both, they're both school teachers. They've, they've saved well, they've done well. They're ready to start a business that they're passionate about, that they love. They love being in their community. Uh, maybe it's, you know, Workout Willie, you know, it's a big muscular guy. He's always working out. Workout Willie, you know, wants to make an impact on people's lives. He wants something sexy, right? He doesn't want to be in the, you know, maybe the uglier businesses or home services. He needs something boutique fitness or, you know, cutting edge. Workout Willie is a persona. Um, I'm joking with the names, but that is the way to do it. You create a persona, write out who that is, identify who your ideal candidate is, because then Going back to the marketing, you're going to create marketing that talks to that candidate. Spot on. That's 10 out of 10 advice. I hope people are taking notes. <laughs> That's, that really is. I mean, that really is it. Having, knowing, you, you don't know who to market to until you have that ideal buyer persona figured out. You need to know, in the same way that you need to know your numbers so that you can track them and improve upon them, you need to know who your ideal buyer persona is, who your ideal franchisee is, that way you can market to that person in that demographic. So I think that that's absolutely spot on. I think that that's all great advice. CRM is critical, having those systems in place, having the marketing dialed in and ready to go because you have to have both. You have to have the marketing, which will help the sales and the sales, you know, it, it all combines together to get the job done. And so you have to have both elements. And so I think that that's awesome, awesome advice. Um, but yeah, I mean, anything else that, that we feel the audience should, should know about this topic about lead conversions and expectations uh, for, for franchisors looking to get some new franchisees in the system? No, I think, I think we've covered it, you know, going back, summarizing, you need to know your metrics before you can improve them. So figure out your franchise development conversion rate, invest in the right CRM, do your research. There's a lot of great companies out there. If your CRM doesn't do the reporting at the level that you need, look into companies like Transitive or doing it on your own through um, data warehouse software, really get that information dialed in. Perhaps that's a little more sophisticated for someone with one unit, but if you're growing to you know, a larger lead franchise development process, identify your ideal buyer persona, create marketing that speaks to that buyer persona, and then have a dialed in development process. That would really be the summary of this, this episode. Perfect. Well, right on, man. Well, I think that's probably a good place to wrap it up. So uh, thanks everyone for coming on today to the, uh, the Franchise Founders Podcast. Really appreciate you all tuning in. If you like us, like, share, subscribe, do all that stuff. Uh, share it, leave us a review, an honest review, but we'd love to hear your feedback and how we can uh, get better and improve and, and continue to offer some value both to people that are looking to buy a franchise, franchisors, uh, that are looking to expand 
uh, and also people that are looking to franchise their business. All things franchising, we can help with. Come here, we're here to help.